Welcome to Panther Paris, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Panther Paris. I'm your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, are my co-hosts, TJ Peterson and Alex Lopez. And joining us today, a very special guest from Locked On Panthers, our friend Armando Velez. Armando, how are you doing tonight? Let, let let's guys can we do an exercise together let's sure. do an exercise all four of us okay <laughs> all right let's all breathe in now exhale guys everybody ah! <laughs> yeah i've got a better way to do that i'm just gonna drink scotch okay <laughs> so the panthers have taken game five uh in boston uh by a score of four to three in- where your mother where your mother you're staying alive staying alive so they ah, stave ah, off elimination ah, for ah, one more alive. game. And guys, I think I know the secret to winning the series. Play worse than the other team. Bingo. That is exactly <laughs> correct. Get your ass beaten by every analytical measure possible. That happened in game three and it happened tonight. Yeah. So, so Panthers uh, stave off elimination at least until Friday. So they have an opportunity to not be the first team eliminated, uh, which they could have been tonight as uh, as the islanders were able to win last night uh but really fun game all things considered uh panthers never trailed couldn't hold a lead but never trailed <laughs> For, fortunately in overtime couldn't hold a lead is irrelevant if you can keep up the never trailed thing yes absolutely and you know despite the fact that in the second and third period they were hanging on for dear life i mean sometimes that's how you win playoff games look at the tampa bay lightning game uh four of the second round last year they really didn't look offensively threatening at all they won that game because the panthers never scored a goal and they got a lucky (laughs) bounce by pat maroon and that was the way they clinched that series and that was the way that the Panthers stayed alive in this series. Bobrovsky, I thought it was kind of a questionable decision to put him back in the net because I, I didn't yeah. really love the way he played in game four. Game five, he just did not get any help. So anything that he was able to accomplish today wouldn't really be you know, his fault or anything that he wouldn't be able to not accomplish or whatever. You you understand what I'm saying. The, <laughs> the negatives are all getting intertwined here. Yeah. And Nick Cousins, second line winger. On, on on the night what what a night for him especially on the, the the board battle that him and Verhage were were battling for and then getting it to the slot and then uh Sam Bennett quickly getting the puck out of his stick because the Boston Bruins throughout the night the if the Panthers were hesitating on their shots the Boston Bruins were there to break it up and how quick Sam Bennett was, was there to to yeah. shoot the puck to there uh, a great awareness, great awareness by by the Panthers, and it's con- the continuous theme of creating goals on broken plays uh, for this team. And they were, I believe, they were second, uh, second um, in the in the NHL in creating chances off the forecheck as well. And it, it just continued. It, it just continued on the night. Yeah, it was definitely a game where you had to battle for every inch. Um... I'm not trying to be the cliche guy, but tonight's a light for a lot of cliches. It was just like (laughs) you had shitty refereeing and you had to deal with that. And you had to, I mean, come on. That Sam Bennett penalty was one of the worst calls. Yeah, that was soft as fuck. And the the non-call on McAvoy at the end of the game too, Armand. I know that you tweeted like you can't expect that to be a call at the end of a playoff game, but like. 
McAvoy was just beating up on Sam Bennett mm-hmm. after the whistle. It, yeah. you call, no real reason. What yeah, I mean, do- was it a penalty? Yes. yes, absolutely. But it's just about for, for my my way of seeing it was okay. I'm not, I'm not I'm not looking for anything. These these referees don't want to decide yeah. things. I mean, I think about I also think about the whole Kale McCarr suspension going back to um, Jared McCann a few days ago. I believe the referees didn't want to give him a five minute major because, okay, he's a superstar. We don't want to, we don't want to dictate this game. And I think it was the same situation for the, for, for this one. And, but it's funny because the too many men on the ice penalty, let's go back to that. How bad was that? How bad? That was the most brain dead mistake in years by the Panthers. (laughs) Like that wasn't even like, Oh, they guy stepped on the ice too soon or it was bad luck. Because like the puck hit the guy coming onto the ice. No, the Panthers were playing with six skaters. Like there was there was no interpretation on that. It was so bad. In that moment, I was thinking back to how lots of Heat fans were talking about that they wanted to lose the playing game uh, against the Bulls so that they would get a better draft pick and they wouldn't have to watch the Heat lose any games in the playoffs. And I was thinking. <laughs> Do the Panthers just want to get out of here? Do they just want to get back to the golf course on Friday? Because that's the kind of penalty you take that when you're intentionally trying to lose. I'm surprised that we hadn't seen the Blackhawks take that kind of penalty in the regular season or, you know, one of these other teams that was, you know, falling hard for Bedard because that was really kind of how it felt in the moment. Like I was like, wow, they're really accomplishing their goal of trying to get out of here and get onto the golf course. But, you know, they got through it. And they proved me wrong, and it was just kind of a mistake. And they ended up uh, making up for it by getting the game-winning goal in overtime. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, wanting to playing and looking forward to having the season over, Mark Stahl, did that guy put his body on the line for anything tonight? That was fucking awful. I think Mark Stahl hates hockey almost as much as Riley Nash. Yeah. <laughs> but. Well, but Riley Nash at least hates hockey in the sense that nothing happens when he's on the ice. When Mark Stahl's on the ice, just nothing happens in a good way. Like only bad things happen. But like the Marshawn goal to to make it one nothing, he had an opportunity to make a play and just kind of made like a half ass attempt. Like I'm sorry, it's the playoffs. You had to like dive and put your body between the puck and the goal line and make Marshawn put it through you. Like and instead he just kind of waved a stick at it. If that had been Ekblad, if that had been Barkov, if that had been any of the players who've been catching shit all postseason, could you imagine the firestorm on Twitter and Facebook? That's true. Like, but Mark Stahl, he makes a half-ass attempt at it, and it's just like, oh, Bob should have, and Bob should have. That was a bad rebound to give up. You cannot let pucks go through your armpits. That is criminal sin number one for goalies. His pucks cannot go through you, and that puck got through Bob. But like. Mark Stoss should have gotten to that puck. There was no reason for Marshawn to be making that. There is one reason. It's it's because Mark Stahl's old and his brain doesn't operate as quickly as Brad Marshans does. I thought you were going to go with the joke he made on Twitter. And also, he just doesn't want to get too close. You know, just uh, (laughs) uncomfortable for him. Right. But then again, on on the tie and goal from Taylor Hall. Hold on. Real quick. I I needed to look this up to to confirm it. Uh, Mark Stahl very notably 35 years old, 36 years old, born in 1987, 
Brad Marchand is uh is he less than a year younger than Mark Stahl? No, I think he's only 33. Brad Marchand is 34, born in 1988. Stahl born in 87, Marchand born in 88. Big difference in the NHL. Marchand will be 35 in like two weeks. Wait, is Stahl 35 or 36? Stahl's 36. Okay, two years is at that point in your career is a pretty di- big difference. Mm-hmm. But it's not two years. It's one and a it's half one years? year. It's a year. Marchand is about to be 35. Stahl oh, okay. I see what is you're 36. I see what you're saying. One was born in 87, one was born in 88. So no, I don't I don't agree with that, so, with that so analysis the, of, of age being the problem. Well, as someone who is 29 about to turn 30, let me tell you how much difference. God, you're so old for a hockey player. In in uh in optics, a year can make. And uh that will be the, the last way I tried to meekly defend that point. But yeah, Mark Stahl's old. He's still like Alex, you made a tweet about like how come he's always in the position to make a play but never does. It's because the hockey IQ, which at his in his prime, he had pretty decent hockey IQ, that doesn't go away. Your physical ability to turn that into making the right play does. And yeah. That's pretty clearly what ha- is happening here, in my opinion. I, I disagree because I don't think he's putting forth the effort. Mm. And and just the just not not the best game from the entire blue line as well. I mean, Bob set the tone really early, being up against yeah. his crease, lateral movement, great, uh-huh. and also Aaron Ekblad going to the box twice, just four boards mm. driving to the net, and he's cl- Ekblad is clearly beat there, and then takes his feet out, and then the, um, Ekblad going to the box for a high stick as well. So. Not 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 the best game for Aaron Ekblad, Mark Stahl. I'm even though it was a it was a squeaker that got through Bobrovsky, you want to see Mark Stahl react a little quicker quicker mm-hmm. there when it when it comes to giving giving up that goal. And quick qu- question, guys. How long were you guys waiting for the shoe to drop or for all hell to break loose in this game? Because throughout the whole game, I was waiting and waiting and waiting. We didn't see it at all in this game. In terms yeah. of like a melee? Like the, the the Bruins after they tie it actually of scoring another of like oh two okay yeah. yeah that's what I no guess. every single time the Bruins tied the game I I assumed that the Bruins would also score the next goal until overtime when the mm-hmm. game was tied at three and the game went to overtime I I felt very good yeah <laughs> maybe <I got> undeservedly <laughs> undeservedly so but there was something about it that I was just like. They've got this. Like I, I don't know what it was about about this game that made me feel like the Panthers that made me have any confidence going into overtime, but I did. I can I can tell you what it was for me. It's how you opened up the episode. It's the fact that they were getting outplayed so badly made me feel <laughs> confident that they were going to win because that's somehow the, how this sport works. I mean, how many times did we see the exact opposite happen to the Panthers where they got they they roundly outplayed their opponent and somehow lost. Yeah, that was what happened to the Bruins tonight. Oh yeah, and it, it was one of those situations, like you said, the Panthers were getting outplayed the whole night. They had no business being tied in a two-two game, and then they, you know, we already talked about it, but like they take a bonehead penalty. Like as soon as that too many men, I was like, oh, they are for sure capitalizing on this power play, and they are doing it with like a second or two left, so there's not yeah. even as enough time to really mount a comeback. And then, and then you had the last play of the game where the puck j- jumps over. Um, Montour's no, it was yeah. Montour. Montour's Montour, right. the one who made the mistake on that play. Ekblad just got beat in the foot race. Um, but yeah, it jumped. Yeah, uh, but 
come on, let's all be honest. We all thought that puck was going in the back of the net. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I thought time was going to run out, honestly. I, I, I just I, didn't. I thought it would until I saw how quickly Marshan was skating. Yeah, Marshawn knew. He knew exactly. I mean, and that that's why he's a veteran and been one of the best players in the game. Like, that guy knew he did not have time to slow down and, like, go into his normal, like, breakaway move. Like, he had to get the puck on net. And he absolutely – so, but, like, I was convinced we were going to be in a situation where we're reviewing if the puck crossed the goal line with enough time left on the clock. But like, like it was going in, and it was just a matter of did he beat the clock? Imagine also, if that had happened because Ekblad put it in, but it was one <laughs> millisecond after the clock had ended. Unbelievable! That yeah. would have been that would have been unbelievable. All right, sorry, fun. I just interrupted somebody. I don't know who it was. No, no. Uh, it also let's not forget that uh, Pasternak getting behind the Panthers' defense. I believe it was uh, Gudis uh, that he got past, and. Maybe that would have been reviewed for offside if he had scored the goal, but just his ability to just get you know, get get past the defense and of course sixty goal score when you see um, Pasternak get through get through the the D like they have all all series. It, it was a scary moment to see, and that's that's another moment where I was thinking, oh, is the shoe going to drop? Is all hell going to break loose for for, yeah. for this game? Yeah, when 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 the Panthers initially turned that puck over, my thought was, all right, we're going to overtime. And then when I saw Marshan cross the blue line and I noticed the time left on the clock, my next thought was, shit. Yeah, I was I was convinced. But then after it didn't go in and Eckblad didn't put it in, I was like, all right, we like we have to win in overtime now because it was just like you you can't you can't give up that many opportunities and not get scored on and then lose in overtime. Like you just right, can't. You're exactly. Good. Something stupid is going to finally. And maybe you that's over. where my undeserved confidence came from. It was, it was so much like there's no way that they could waste this opportunity. It was their night. It was just their night in terms and, of and, luck. And it, and it ended that way with all Mark of all people giving away the puck. And was- in, in the second period, Something that our um, Alex Baumgartner uh, pointed out. I don't know who that is. (laughs) (laughs) He dropped the bomb. Before before Sam Bennett scored that goal to make it 2-1, the Boston Bruins had 21 straight shot attempts. They had the last 21 (laughs) shot attempts before. He said something along those lines on ESPN. I think the number might have even gotten bigger at some point. There are three analytical things i want to 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 talk about first being the shot attempt share in that game uh 91 to 48 in boston's favor in all situations uh that is a 65% to 35% uh discrepancy that is significant <laughs> one of the others is going back to the conversation about defensemen the only two panthers defensemen to have positive relative course C4 percentages were Josh Mahora and Brandon Montour. And the third, which is actually the most fun one, the Bruins all situations expected goals for 4.31. Bob only let in three of them. That is a very good performance. Yeah, absolutely. Just more into the uh, bounces of today's game. We're getting quotes on injuries from tonight. We all know that Montour went to the room real quick after blocking a shot. According to Paul Maurice, it was a contusion of the testicular variety, which kind of tracks with the way Montour oh, went no. down and then struggled so to get Whalen? up. 
Is that an exact quote? Contusion yes. of the testicular variety? Yes. Yes. Can we call this episode that? Why not? Um, but yeah, I can so... tell you what else was a contusion of the testicular variety for Bruins fans. Matthew Kachuk's game-winning goal. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's got, it, the fact that it was Kachuk was so good, especially because they were booing him every time he touched the puck. For him to get the goal, I mean, I know he really didn't have to do much because – the work was done by Allmark and then Verhage, but like it's just so great that it was Kachuk that ended it. Don't you guys think that's booing Matthew Kachuk is a mistake? Don't you think that that fuels oh, he, him? For sure, he is oh, one yeah. of those guys that that relishes that. So, question, guys. Next, if it is in fact a Blake Wheeler uh, situation, next time Randy Muller on the broadcast says he has a huge pair. <laughs> what, what, what's we need to we need some clarification on what you're talking about randy yeah so we will i'll be so confused if i hear that next time <laughs> oh my goodness so now i hope montour specifically scores two goals in game yeah. six brandon montour's got a huge pair randy it's it's zero zero we're five minutes into the first period <laughs> so what do we think for for game six we're heading back to florida we did not see Ryan Lomberg play tonight, but we did see the return of Anthony Duclair. He scored a goal. Yeah, uh, we saw him. Bobrovsky stand tall tonight. What What do we think is going to happen? Obviously, Bob's keeping the net, uh, and you can't you can't re scratch Duclair after tonight. Well, um, he wasn't scratched; he was injured. He was a late scratch. It was still a, it was still a scratch. Fair. He warmed up. He was scratched. <laughs> hmm. So, thoughts about Game Six, boys? I mean, I don't want to. I mean, we can talk about it if you guys want, but at some point, Barkov, you need to step up. Like, we still haven't seen you in this series. This was probably his best game of the series, but it still wasn't enough. So I'm going to keep mentioning Barkov until we see him actually impact the game and help the Panthers win. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I can I, find one thing. I, I see some people holding on to defenses of his play in this series by saying like, Oh, you know, he's doing the little unnoticed things. And I just disagree. Like I can't have my eyes on him all the time, but I see him losing pucks in areas that he never loses pucks in. I see plays die on his stick. I see him miss assignments defensively, not necessarily miss assignments, like mentally miss them, but like, He's in the area to make a play and similar to the way we were talking about Mark Stahl, but to a much lesser extent, like he's just not making the play that's there to be made, which is never something that Barkov does defensively or when he's on the puck and just trying to protect the puck. And it, it just, it just feels like those plays aren't really being made. And like, if it's Nick Cousins, you're like, okay, you know, whatever, uh, just get back on defense and don't give up a goal. But when it's Alexander Barkov, you're like, what's going on? You're supposed to be the dominant force. And, you know, you're kind of looking like just another guy out there. Yeah. And and Barkov, he had a season high six hits on, on, on the night. And yeah, Panthers bringing the physicality early. And I was a little worried that they were going to exert most of their energy in the first period. And then it's going to run out later. And of course, it, it, it the second period what was a completely different period than than what we saw and there was a shift that Barkov tried lifting the puck out of the zone and it was cut off twice in the in the same shift as well by the by the Bergeron line as well but we need to see more of Alexander Barkov and just coming up big I mean yeah he got an assist tonight third point of the of the series now but 
as far as the ability to take over, we need to see that. It's funny because prior to the series, I predicted Bruins in six, but I don't want it. I don't. Uh, none of us <laughs> want it to be Bruins. No, of course, not. obviously. But yeah, uh, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, real quick, I want to play a little game. Uh, I have the opposition chart for this game up right now. It is focused to Sasha Barkov. Do we want to take a guess? By which I mean I want you all to guess what his shot attempt share was. You can guess number or percentage against Patrice Bergeron. 23%. 34%. I'm going to say 18 Armando is the closest. Oh, that's not good. Oof. 11. Oh! When Barkov was on the ice against Bergeron, the Panthers had two shot attempts for and 16 against. That's just... Bergeron crushed Barkov tonight. Which, to be fair, is historically accurate. Barkov has been getting crushed by Bergeron for his entire career. But Bergeron also kind of crushes everybody. That's what he does. Yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, two for 16 against. Uh, that's a rough look. Yeah. I want to talk about the quotes from about Barkov pregame that you brought up, TJ. That was uh, Friedman on his podcast saying that NHL players are saying Barkov needs more hate in his game. It's not hate because, like Armando said, he had six hits tonight, which is a career high. Big fucking deal. Barkov doesn't need to be going and hitting people. He needs to be taking over games. He doesn't he, need he more. He needs to be doing what Bergeron does. He needs more Jamie Tart in his game, not more hate. Do none of you watch Ted Lasso? I watched. I watched Ted Lasso. Aaron I have Brown not always seen gives me crap for not watching it. <laughs> Let me make a reference to another popular sports media thing, to though. This time it was uh, nonfiction. Back to the uh, Last Dance. And of course, the you know, they revealed Michael Jordan, like the way that he would invent a slight on him by somebody else on the other team or maybe the other coach. That's kind of where I think that you could say it's FU that he like needs to come up with that reason to be like FU and dominate. Could also be interpreted as like what you were saying though, Alex, about like I'm the best player in this game and I need to show everybody. But I, I think that's a middle ground, I guess, that you and the NHL players that Friedman was uh, referring to would probably be able to meet in. Well, just, just to me, hate implies that, oh, he needs to be more physical. He needs to be tougher. And yeah, he does. It's the playoffs. Like everyone's got to throw the body. But that's not why Barkov isn't good in the, in, in the playoffs. It's yeah. he just refuses to take over games. He all of a sudden like just starts playing completely differently and taking zero chances and stays on the perimeter. He he plays like a fourth liner. Yeah. We have programming news. Go on. Game six will be at 7.30 on Friday night on TNT. Mm, okay. Fun. National. I'm I'm crossing my fingers not knowing the score, as everybody will know, the score of uh, the Bucks heat game. Hopefully, there will not be a conflict. Because that game six would be on Friday is not yet gone Correct. final. It's close. It's it's very close. That's all uh, <laughs> yep. that that remains all I will say. Well, I just got <laughs> to skip halftime uh, for the listeners. I told everybody on the panel this already, but uh, I am watching it on tape, and I just got to skip past halftime, so I'm way closer to live now. And yeah. uh, 
we'll see how it ends. Uh, let's go Heat, obviously. And uh, real quick, Paris. How about Jimmy fucking Butler? Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, that, but that, that's exactly what Barkov needs to be doing. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what Barkov needs okay. to be doing. I, I will say, recently I have had some internal monologues about or internal discussions with myself <laughs> uh, for for a very long time. I've held the belief that Sasha Barkov is the best player on this team. He will be the best player on this team for an extremely long time. Over the last couple of weeks, dating back towards the end of the regular season, not even just based on playoff performance, uh, I have started questioning that because we have now gotten a full season of Matthew Kachuk. And I'm I'm starting to kind of go back and forth in my head about which of them is truly the Panthers' best player. Right this, now, it looks like it's Kachuk. It's Kachuk. Oh, this- this year it's not debatable. It's more over he's more co- dynamic. Over the yeah. course of the last three years, I think it's still Barkov. This has not been a good season by Bar- Barkov standards. Even before the playoff disappearing act, right? He was not his up to his standard this year. He was a good player. He was a 80-ish point player, but Barkov is a hundred point player who dominates both ends of the ice, and he did not do that this season. Mm-mm. And to so, think that to think that the Panthers uh outside of 99 2000 not having a 40 goal score yeah barkov has been hurt that has hurt him to get 40 goals but it's still crazy to believe that he's not a 40 goal score in his career yeah it's it's primarily i would uh, say yeah. because if he he's just not he doesn't play 82 games like yeah he, he, he would have he would have hit it last year if he had played the whole season yeah, Correct. and I don't think he's ever going to do it again like unfortunately that's just who he is he's going to get you hurt. are incorrect Okay. Oh my God. Barkov had 39 in 67 games last year. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's tough, right? I am going to book it right now. I agree. That the Panthers will have four 40, 40 goal scorers next year. I, I was saying he's just not going to play 82. Like I, I know what you're saying. The Panthers four. will have four 40 goal scorers next season. Take it to the bank, people. Declare. Carter, Chucky, Sasha, Rhino. Sam Reinhart, baby. Okay. Goal scorer in this game. Power play got another goal. We haven't even mentioned that yet. Power yeah. play scored. More well, than <laughs> more than last year now. They've yeah, officially exactly. passed last year's goal. <laughs> and what's funny is they looked completely inept on the first one and pretty good on the second one and got the goal. Oh, geez. So I was calculating. Oh, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do some quick math. They, they went into the night. One for eleven on the power play. So now after tonight, two two of thirteen on the power play. Hey, so that's uh, like I just nudging say, towards respectable. Also, the to give some really credence good. to give some credence to my thought that Ryan Hart is capable of scoring forty. Uh, if he had had last year's shooting percentage with this year's shot volume, he would have hit forty. This year he took two hundred and twenty-seven shots on goal. Last year he shot seventeen point seven percent. If you take his shooting percentage from last year and apply it to this year's shot volume, he's a 40-goal scorer. And for the record, last year was not his career-high shooting percentage. So it's not even like you can look at that as that much of an outlier. Uh, This year was his career-high in terms of shot volume, uh, but it's also only the second time in his career or third time in his career that he's played at all 82. I I think that Reinhardt gets hurt by... The fact that Lundell is having such a weak season, yeah. or just that their chemistry is gone now that Marchman is gone, like 
I I, I, I dislike that. He but he had a bad season on the third line. <laughs> I, I I think that Reinhardt should be in the top six. Like I definitely don't think that Cousins should be above Reinhardt in the line. Shades of Nolachari, though. We can expect a Nick Cousins hat trick soon. No, one of Nolachari's hat tricks was against Boston, if memory serves. I tell you what, I will give you all a thousand dollars if Nick Cousins has a a game six and game seven hat trick and the Panthers win the series. A thousand dollars isn't enough money for that happening. <laughs> It yeah. isn't, but <laughs> you know what? Alex is going to give you two zero dollars. Jake is going to give you Mondo and you Alex zero dollars. I will give you each a thousand dollars if that happens. Make it <laughs> five. Yeah, I was going to say make it ten thousand because it's what? not. What happening. are you talking about? This is free money. What are you negotiating <laughs> this is, against? This is a thousand to zero odds. Like, <laughs> did Nick Cousins even have six goals during the season? Uh, that sounds like the exact number that he had. Jake is doing a, a number check, I believe, on that. I do love that my typing is one-handed because I'm holding my microphone. Uh, for those of you who, <laughs> he is, for those yeah. of you who are unaware, I got a new microphone in advance of our live show because I needed a handheld mic. Uh, turns out it's better. Uh, it is better than my non-handheld microphone that I've been using for the last two years-ish. Uh, so I will be using this microphone going forward. I just need a stand that can hold it. Jake looks like he's about to say, what's going on, South Beach? And then drop I'm not, the beat. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that at all. <laughs> I'm wearing a collared shirt and no sunglasses. That could, that In could what play. world? That could play on South Beach. <laughs> In what world is that the what's going on, South Beach vibe? Just because he looks like you could be a DJ that's about to drop the beat. At, you look uh, more like a DJ than I do right now. Not that anymore. Was, now that you're uh, trying to pantomime being a DJ. Uh, hey, my great, name is TJ. Great radio content, by the <laughs> way. Um, <laughs> DJ Irie can give you a few lessons, TJ. I need, I need them. I absolutely. I think I them. drove behind him uh, last Tuesday. <laughs> by the way, is his is his DJ name also his license plate? Because if it is, I drove behind him. It's I'm gotta sure be. It it's gotta be. <laughs> Who else I'm is having sure the DJ Irie license plate? Oh, and Imagine, for the record, like, it was a Panthers license plate too. Oh my goodness! Then that doesn't make as much sense because DJ Irie's a Heat fan. Well, I mean, he could be both, but like, yeah, but like he's known for his Heat stuff. Yeah, like he was in the Heat arena all the time back in the day. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he doesn't do that anymore though. But yeah, it was DJ Irie was uh, downtown, and then it was Uptown Dale. He's known in Miami as Dale. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think it could be a fun segment for for later on uh, that we could we could do a little uh, like mock like fantasy draft of people who could sing the national anthem for the Panthers in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, There's one choice and one choice. Yeah, only. you know that the number one pick is going to be in that draft. Yeah, of course. First overall is going to be Pitbull, but then like it. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Are you saying Galeb? No. Wait, then. Chris Caraba from Dashboard Confessional, Jay. That's who I would choose. But wait, Alex, if it's not if it's not Pitbull or Golub, then who is it? If we get a time machine and we get twelve year old Julia Dale, who? If you're gonna get a time machine, then How get dare... Ariana Grande. How yeah. dare you? No, 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 no. We don't need a time you're machine. Right. Let's you're get right. Chris we can Day, just Ariana get Ariana Grande. Grande. When there is a big game in South Florida, Julia Dale sings the national anthem. 
I'm not going to lie. I don't know who Julia Dale is. I don't know either. What? I'm not. Question. Armando, you you actually understood the reference, so please ex- explain it to them. She was the she was the anthem singer for the Heat during the Big Three era. Like she was. How did she I was forget always, this? Jesus. She was always. Question: What happened to Martin Flores? I assume he, he just like grew up. I, I don't know. Did he go say to his college or something? No, yeah. he he's he's he would be what a junior in high school at this point. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like I shouldn't know Welcome that. It feels it feels weird Martin to Flores know. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. Oh, I love the Paris segments. Yeah, um, Martin Flores. He got too old. His uh, he he hit that thing called puberty, and he was no longer able to hit the high note. That's essentially what I what what I assume. Although he's he's a good singer. Well, and it's not like that would change over time as long as he kept practicing. Well, I I this might be a little bit biased on on my part, but. I can get behind Pitbull singing the anthem for this reason. We, him, and I both have the same legal name. Oh my God, is that true? Yes, it is true. I did not know that. Yeah, that's that insane. It, his real name is Armando Christian Perez, and my last name is not Perez; it's Velez. So it sounds very similar. <laughs> to, to, so I can get behind. I'll take it. Yeah. Pitbull. So we're gonna start calling you Rottweiler. <laughs> I, I guess, except I'm Puerto Mr. Rican. Mr. Nine Five Four. Yeah, but you're from Kendall, so you are like, Miss. What, what's the other? Uh, do they use Seven Eight Six now? Oh yeah, yeah. No, there, Miami. There is a Mr. Seven Eight Six though. It's a pitbull oh. impersonator. Oh my oh, god, that's so funny. Yeah, there's a pitbull impersonator who goes by <laughs> Mr. Seven Eight Six. Oh lord, they stole your fucking bid, Armando. Are you gonna sue? I got a lawyer for you right there. I mean, listen, the money I could use for for that, I could move back to South Florida, buy a buy a buy a house completely in cash, and then just live across the arena for Panther games. That's there my plan. Go. There you go. That's a good plan. All right. So before yeah. we wrap, Armando, we obviously just want to give you a place to uh to plug what you're working on. So why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you? Yeah. Um Thank you guys as as well for for having me. Uh, of course, ho- we all we have a lot of mutual listeners. Of course, we met one at at the at the infield uh, bar and grill on 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 Sunday after Game Four. Shout out to at Drewby Do One for for one of them. Uh, and you can find my work for the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast at lo underscore fla Panthers. Follow it on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow it there. Myself personally at Monoman Twelve and Something I haven't told my listeners yet of why I emphasize the word Florida every time I introduce my podcast is whenever I look up Panthers stats, I never put Florida. <laughs> I sometimes forget to put Florida in my Google search and uh-huh. look what comes up. Carolina Panthers. Yep. So every time you see me type Florida Panthers in the podcast show notes, in the Twitter, it's always all caps. So you'll know that this is about the Florida Panthers. All caps when you spell the team's name like MF Doom. Mm-hmm. rest in peace rest in peace absolutely and with that we're going to wrap up this edition of panther Puri. where are they going to rate us five stars uh rate us five stars okay uh, let armando do it since we're both since i, I since we're approach some of us are approaching our 30s let's age ourselves with a store eckerds.com oh my god yes oh. <laughs> Some of us are approaching 30 and the other one is expecting a second child. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us, Armando. For uh, TJ Peterson, 
Jacob Langston, I'm Alex Lopez. Thank you for listening to another episode of Panther Free. Staying alive.